0: They keep coming back. Do <laughs> you think I should start every episode like that? Probably. Like yeah. that people are back to see us, hear us. It sounds a little stalkerish,
1: but yeah, we can. It do does.
0: It. It's just, I think I'm just amazed that people would want to listen to us <laughs> banter. Even though I quite enjoy our banter. Um. So we're gonna talk about toxic leadership.
1: Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. It's a hard a topic. Si- Cass. It is hard.
0: It's so hard. You know what I was thinking about though? I was telling my students the other day how I think that any kind of emotional abuse, spiritual abuse, which is really what toxic leadership does, is it gives emotional abuse to people, mm-hmm. is so hard because there's not a bruise. You know, when you talk about physical abuse, if you mm-hmm. punch me in the eye, my eye's purple. Yeah. But when we have these clients who come in and it's you feel crazy, mm-hmm. you're like, but my boss did this or my... You know, someone that they serve with the church or serve in an organization. I mean, there's so many people who are part of clubs. Or mm-hmm. I even had a lady who was talking about the head of her pickleball. You know I love pickleball. I know you do. Shout out to my pickleball people. <laughs> like, But literally, like she was talking about this lady who coordinated her pickleball and how she was mean and like putting people in certain groups and doing certain mm. things. And it was just like, holy moly. Leadership is everywhere. And toxic leadership is everywhere. And... I just think it's such a thing that we have to know about as therapists and also help our clients to heal from Yeah. because they, they just can't, they can't, I I think they don't see it. Sometimes we totally convince ourselves that we're fine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that happens a lot. You encounter something that you really don't understand. You don't know how to define. A lot of my clients that have had abusive relationships when they come into therapy, they wouldn't define it as abuse. So if you're, you know, under the leadership of, of someone who is toxic, it's likely that you've not even defined mm. um, that individual as abusive or as a toxic leader. Typically that goes against the culture of that structure to have confronted in that way. And so, you know, people will be really silent because they don't have the terminology that they need to even know how to begin yeah, um, to push back against that toxicity. You know, one of the things I love that you teach
0: people and I try to teach it too, but I think you teach it more in your practices, just tuning in to their body. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know about you, but I've done some career counseling like with CEOs or just people who work McDonald's. It doesn't matter Uh where you work, you know, but it's like where they feel a certain way going into work. It's like, Oh, I just hate this. My stomach's in knots or Oh, I feel like I want to throw up every morning or Oh, I hate it. And, uh, I just think you're so good. maybe, maybe share a little bit about that or like how you kind of bring people to that place. Cause I think that's a healthy tool for any person.
1: Oh yeah. So um, a couple of things uh, I'm, I do EMDR. I've got EMDR training and I love EMDR. One of the things that I learned whenever I was learning how to do EMDR was how it incorporates literally the physical body mm-hmm. into the healing process. Mm-hmm. And I really deep dived on that as a counselor trying to understand, I think a lot of modalities that are taught in the field of psychotherapy are based just on kind of heart. How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you think? How do you feel? Yeah. How do you think? How do you feel? And then how do you feel? How do you think you feel? Well, I mean, that's CBT, right? How do you think? How do you feel? Where I think EMDR, the person who taught me about EMDR, so that it's an upside down modality, where you're first focused in on you know, what's happening in your body before you're really asking what you think about what you're feeling. And so, you know, when I'm talking with my own clients about what's happening in their bodies, I'm teaching them not just the feeling, oh, I am sad, but where does the sadness live? What area in your body? body? Mm -hmm. So as you relate that to maybe being in an, an environment with someone who's a toxic leader, how do you feel when you're with them and why? What mm. is going on in your body when you're in that environment? Because if your body is consistently saying like, you're like, oh, I just don't want to go. I don't want to be like, yeah, like, listen to that first before we're taking any other steps. Let's learn what our body is saying about what it's experiencing.
0: So good. You, you know what? So I remember I have to tell this funny story because we haven't been funny. I need to be funny. Okay, Is it like, I mean, it's not that I need to be funny. No, we haven't had a lot of laughing. No, I need to laugh. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about the worst job I've ever had. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So I decided to go work. I was a school counselor, and I decided to leave that job. And so I decided to go work for the National Institutes of Health. Now, mind you, it was a great job. Gave me great things on my resume. UT Southwestern, National Institutes of Health. So I show up for the first day of work, and um, I'm supposed to be a therapist that travels all around and does cognitive behavioral therapy with people who have jaw pain okay like that's what job jaw 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 like tmj tmj yeah so i go to the first day of work and i show up and you know i'm thinking okay you're gonna give me a computer you're gonna tell me how i'm gonna find my clients all the things no no i get rubber gloves to learn how to do an assessment (laughs) i remember the story on people's faces putting my hands in their mouth (laughs) No ma'am. Then also I the second so I have lunch. This is the first day of training. I've just quit my job as a school counselor that I loved. Go to because I needed more time to do this and both my practice, all the things. There's a long story to it. But so then the next I go to lunch. So in the afternoon, the training is more gloves. And people are chewing up what look like mini erasers and spitting them into a coffee filter, to which I then take said coffee filter home and dry it out on my dryer (laughs) at home in my laundry room because that was the place where I could at least keep the dirty spit until it dried out. So horrible job, worst job of my life. And I remember, I'm saying all this, this goes with toxic toxic leadership, I promise. But I remember... um, I did that job for a year and a half, almost two. And I look at it now and there was so much benefit. Like there was so many reasons and positive things that I did it. And we can get into that another time. But I think I remembered Sundays would come, like talking about the dread, you know, like what you feel in your body. Yeah. And I remember James, my husband, would say um, in the afternoon, he'd be like, please stay with me just another hour. Just a couple more hours. Please, can you just stay with me? Mm. Because I would literally go into anxious mode and check out oh, about wow. 2 p.m. on Sunday. So it's like I'd feel relief on Friday afternoon at 5, and I'd only, like, really get Saturday off, and then I would be back in this anxiety state. But what I realized is I had a couple of bad encounters. My, my boss was a narcissist for sure, and I was – Not overqualified, but it was not, research is not my bag. I'm a people person. So I ended up loving all the people that I saw, but the research was not a thing that I was worried about doing as much as I should have been. But um, I realized that my boss made me feel in my body like my dad. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was having that same response in my body as if i was going to be in trouble oh wow and in trouble meant that you would be hurt sometimes it meant you would be ostracized it meant you would mm. take awful things that were said to you or you would be isolated or i mean there were a lot of things right so in that i learned i think as a person to be perfect you know like you have to be perfect you have to be perfect you have to be uh. perfect and so You know, I just say that whole long story, one, because it's ridiculous and funny and it's like part of what made me who I am. And it's hilarious when you think about me doing research now, anybody who knows me, but it's also the fact of like, there's probably so many people who have a toxic leader in their life in some capacity. And I think the question that you have to ask yourself and help your clients ask is who do they
1: remind you of? That is a great question. Because
0: there's probably somewhere you've encountered this person before Mm -hmm. in your life and... They've given you a same familiar response based upon their actions. Now, I am a grown woman when this job is happening. Hmm. My boss is not going to beat me. The worst thing that will happen is he would fire me, which he did not do. I actually quit. Praise him. That was the best day of my life. I went after that, and I had papacitos and a margarita. Real life. Real life talk here. I'm free. I literally turned in my stuff at HR and then was like... Let's go party. Like, I was so happy to be done. But um it made me a better person. It made me who I am. And, and, like, there's so much to that. But it did also make me realize that it's familiar. And I have to watch for that. When I feel that feeling again, I have to check myself and be like, whoa, 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 what's happening? Mm-hmm. And how do we train our clients to do the same? Yeah. Oh. Anyway, that's my story time. Story time with Dr. Reed. <laughs>
1: No, it's a good story. Yes.
0: Oh, it is. a good story. It mm. is
1: a good story. Um. So what do we do? Like, what do you do? We realize we're talking about a really uncomfortable topic that we don't want to talk about. I know. Talk like leadership is really hard to talk about because it encompasses so many different things. Like, we want to do it justice, but also it's layered. Yeah. So it's like we want today to maybe not go into, like, the depths of it all, like, the deepest parts of it, but just kind of say, hey, it's real. Yeah. Trust your body. If yeah. If you're experiencing it. Um, I'm hearing Cassie say, like, think about what your body is reminding you of. Like, yeah. where where has that lived for you? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're encountering a person that may not be toxic, but it just triggers some part of your trauma, oh. right? And so in Cassie's situation, right, the person was, it sounds like, toxic and triggered trauma. But sometimes it can be one or the other. Yeah. And so I think that that complicates it a little bit, figuring out, hmm, is this is my trauma talking. Or is this person really um, toxic? Mm-hmm. And then figuring out what do you do? Sometimes the only answer is you got to get away from them. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the answer is you got to confront some stuff. Oh. Sometimes the answer is you got to heal first before you could even say anything or do anything with that individual. You yeah. got to seek your own healing. Yeah. You know?
0: You know what I think toxic leadership does is I think it, push, it pushes the mute button on people as as you as a person. Like when I look at the people I know that have encountered toxic leaders Mm. and I look at myself, the issue was not ever with me. It was always with the leader. Mm. And it was with the fact that the leader wanted to push mute on parts of me. So therefore their leadership came out toxically, with toxicity. Yeah. Because they just didn't, they were triggered by something in me that they didn't like. That they wanted to suppress. Yeah. And I think people use their power to do it.
1: I think that's absolutely true. Maybe is that how would we we define toxic leadership? I think that's a great definition. Using your power to silence other people. Mm. Because toxic leadership isn't confrontable. You know, I think it's a test. They're not usually confrontable at all. I mean, unless you're dealing with a covert narcissist, we can go into that later on. (laughs) Covert narcissism will present like you can confront it. Oh, but the moment you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, But it does present that way. Like, I am a confrontable person. They will say that out loud, and then you confront that, and you're like, whoa, what happened? Do you know (laughs) what it's
0: like? Do you know what came to my mind? Are you ready? It's like, if you ever watch Friends where Rachel makes the trifle for Thanksgiving, and it's supposed to be, like, this dessert, this sweet, like, cake trifle, and she puts meat inside. (laughs) If How you have, oh you gotta watch it yeah it's funny like cause it's like that's what it seems like sure dig in you can confront me and then the next thing you take a bite like Joey takes a bite what and he's like this? what is this cause she got two pages of the cookbook stuck like, together it's real life. I mean, that's just a silly example. But that's really what I feel like toxic leadership is. Come, confront me. Mm-hmm. It's for some people. You know, it's like, confront me. I'm totally approachable. Yeah. Come communicate. I and am safe. You take a bite and you get your head bitten off or like it's meat. <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, you're not. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Oh, I'm getting demoted. Oh, I'm getting fired. Oh,
1: you're docking my pay. Oh, yeah, you're, you're. You'll be retaliated against for sure if you're confronting a toxic. Did you watch Office Space? I did. Where they move Milton <laughs> yes, to the to basement. The basement. Poor Milton. To the
0: basement. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. It's good. So, yeah, I think that's for sure what I've seen in toxic leadership. And I think toxic leadership is just something that would keep us from our own mental health. You know, I think that's probably why people would come. I don't know if people would ever come to us thinking, I'm going to come just because of this. But I do think it's one of those things that maybe they don't even identify that's their why they're feeling depressed, anxious, frustrated. Completely agree. Mm -hmm.
1: Completely agree. I think it is something that comes out later whenever you maybe sought counseling for something else, and then you know as you're talking through the layers, you realize, oh, I'm never happy when I go to work. Oh, okay. Mm. So the counselor's thinking, okay, maybe, maybe this client is dealing with like major depressive disorder maybe they've got social anxiety maybe they've got you're kind of ruling out what might be sitting in front of you from a diagnostic standpoint and the more that they share with you Mm -hmm. sometimes you find out like oh no that's not a you problem (laughs) (laughs) right you you are in a situation with somebody who's being harmful to you and it's producing those symptoms Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of people live like that like oh, you were a saying, lot of people right? do. A year and a half in mm-hmm. a job that on day one, you were like, this job is gross and I don't want to do it. You know, I actually,
0: I <laughs> called the school district where I worked and begged for my job back and they had already filled it. And I remember oh. just being so crushed. I was like, please, will you hire me back? I'm so sorry. I put I made my hands mistakes. in people's mouths. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as a a counselor, I think about like how to's or what to do. And I think the first thing we have to do is help people come to the realization without force. Agreed. Like if I had to say number one, it's like come to the realization without force. So why I say without force is we can't lead them. Like I've been teaching my students about leading Mm -hmm. questions or about Mm -hmm. how... You know, like you can't guide someone to truth. They have to kind of find their direction, so their way there on their own. And so I think it's like, how do we ask good questions that mm-hmm. help them see? How do we point out patterns or things that we notice in them when they talk about it? And I think that's the first yeah. step.
1: Yeah, upper echelon of like toxic leadership leads me into like um, people that I've served that have been in cults. And when you talk about not being able to lead, um, I'm, I tell those clients like, I'm not an authority in your life. And so many of the questions that I'm asking, I'm really thinking through how I'm asking where I am not manipulating because it's so scary for a person that's gone through deep levels of abusive, toxic leadership. If they sit in front of a counselor who looks like a lot of times in their lives, uh like you're the person who's going to help me. So you're the authority. Just tell me what to do to get out. Right. If they have that realization, I've been unsafe or I have been in an abusive relationship, Then it's like, help me get out of it. And I think you've got to really, as a counselor, um, you know, keep good boundaries in place to protect you, but also to protect them. Because if they feel manipulated, they just kind of shut down or go back into a codependent structure where they're really dependent on you for their healing rather than no. like I'm always saying to my clients, like you're going to do this yourself. I'm going to mm-hmm. hopefully ask really good mm-hmm. questions, mm-hmm. but you are going to find and facilitate healing yourself. So good. the first step of that is walking in sometimes to a counselor's office, but what comes after that should not ever be dependent, manipulative on. Yeah. or forced. Yeah. So I love that you say that
0: I have to rewind and say, let me give, so I gave one, but I'm going to actually give 0.5 okay. and I think, or zero <laughs> is, I think you really have to ask yourself as a therapist, am I a toxic leader? It's a good question. I think we just all have to ask that. Like, is there anything in me that would be insecure or toxic that I would give to my clients? Mm-hmm. That I would, would I want to lead them in a way? Do I have insecurity? Do mm-hmm. I feel like I need to be in charge of something? Do I not feel in control of any mm-hmm. other area of my life? So I'm going to control yours. I'm going to
1: seed plant there. Yes. Yeah. So
0: it's like, I think that's zero. And then one being, hey, like, don't tell them what to do. You know, like, let them kind of discover it on their own. I think two is... um in that, in that place, it's helping them get a plan of action to, one, acknowledge it. And then, two, I don't want to say escape it, but that's the best word. Like, confront it, escape it, deal with it.
1: Well, what? I would say get untrapped from it. Yes, It may Untangle. not necessarily be escape, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Get untrapped,
0: you know? Because you probably could continue to work for a leader like that. Sometimes. If you understood. If you had to. Yeah. If you understood yourself and the role of that and you knew how to navigate that leader mm-hmm. in a sense like i've seen a lot of people who work for someone and don't even really engage with them at all because that's the boundary they've set and they mm-hmm. figured it out they figured out how to do that yeah you know where they don't have to go into meetings with them or whatever it is
1: yeah that's a really good point
0: and i think um I think the the third or was it third? It yeah, third? world yeah, three. Third. Well, you That's did it. zero. So I did zero. Yeah. Uh-huh. But three, I think then is figuring out how do you not go back into it? Mm-hmm. Like, cause I mean, there's no new tricks for people. I always, I always say that even spiritually. It's like everybody has about two to three keys, like things like it's the same way that you get tripped up every time. Mm-hmm. Right. So I look at that job. I'm telling you about that. It's like, I get tripped up with somebody that I need to please. Oh, period. And so it's like I had that as a kid, had that with this boss. So it's like now as an employee, I ask myself all the time. I'm like, am I doing this to make my boss happy or am I doing this because it's a good thing to do in my job? Oh, that's a great question. And And I I, think it's prevention.
1: yeah. Yeah, I talk about obligation a lot in counseling with abuse survivors, you know, that are yeses or whole and authentic yeses. But we will not know if our yeses are whole and authentic yeses if we haven't done the work to learn how to trust rather than betray Mm -hmm. our own bodies. So good. Right. And so then when we say yes, that yes comes from this place of wholeness and authenticity rather than from this place of I am obligated to do so because and then fill in the blank. When you think about how that connects to toxic leadership, I'm obligated to be silent because because if I'm not silent, X happens. I'm obligated to be complicit because if I'm not complicit, X Mm -hmm. happens. So on and so forth. Rather than being able to say, I'm allowed to say no. And if retribution comes and I can deal with that retribution, that's better for me to right. be able to be the steward of my own ship, as, yeah. it, as it were, than it is to to maintain that compliance and that silence and continue to betray myself. Good. So yeah, you can protect yourself. And that's why I think it's so important that we're equipping clients in counseling to say like, listen, you are going to seek and find the healing yourself. I'm not going to do it for you. Right. Right? right. Because whenever you start to have that knowledge of, I do actually know how to speak up for mm-hmm. myself, how to protect myself. And maybe you can it do is, that in any situation. Yes, maybe it is. I yeah. just don't go into that meeting. Maybe right. it is. I'm going to have better um, distance in between myself and that person. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be real close people, but um, I can work parallel to them where I need to, because I know what lane that I am in and I know what I'm not willing to give right. away to. You right. Know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's good. That's good. Well, I think it's such an important thing that we talk through it because I think it does manifest in every place, but we've given you at least a few tips. And if you're working for a toxic leader, I'm sorry, like as a therapist, because there are companies of therapists and people and ministries and whoever you are and wherever you're listening, it's like you could be. And so I'm sorry. And I just want to challenge you to look at yourself, look at the gifts inside of you and um, be sure that you're giving them to the right place Mm. and the right space absolutely talk about it talk about it yeah so till next time here's our diary diary <laughs> of two therapists
1: thanks for coming